Hello and welcome to the Freelance Dietitian Podcast. I'm your host, Julia Zakshevsky, and in this podcast, I'll teach you how to make money in the freelancing world as a registered dietitian nutritionist. You will learn how to apply your nutrition knowledge to create a flexible side income, to increase career fulfillment, and how to flip your mindset so that you can start living the life you've always dreamed of. In this week's episode, I'm going to teach you how to build a portfolio. And this is going to be most helpful for individuals who maybe have no portfolio and no completed projects whatsoever. And it's also going to be helpful for people who have maybe one or two projects completed under their belt, but they really want to round out their portfolio more and make it a little bit more robust. The best thing to do here is to make up a client. You just make it up. It's called a spec client or a spec project. So in this scenario, you're envisioning that someone, your dream client has hired you to complete a project for them. And if that was a scenario, then you know your, your portfolio is gonna demonstrate what you would have done to satisfy that job. So in creating this spec project for yourself, there's a couple steps here. There's about five steps you need to go through and these are gonna ensure that your portfolio at the end really reflects your skills. So the number one thing that you want to be very clear about is what is the service that you are going to demonstrate in this spec project? Is it going to be a form of writing? Is it going to be a specific type of recipe development, maybe catered towards a certain dietary restriction? If you're someone who's really interested in social media management, you know, is it going to be an entire content plan that you would have created for your ideal client? That moves us perfectly to step number two, which is when you're picking your service, you need to be very clear with who your ideal client is. And your ideal client is going to be the right fit when they see your portfolio and instantly in their brain, they think, okay, yes, this person has got the it factor. I want to work with them. Picking your ideal client is really a secret, not so secret, I would say. It's the key to success in any kind of business venture, right? So If you're writing and you want to create a piece about, I don't know, cardiovascular health, your ideal client might be a big food organization that creates products that have the heart healthy symbol on it. If you're a social media brand manager, if you're a social media manager, sorry, your ideal client might be someone who works under the gut health discipline. Perhaps they specialize in celiac disease and that would be your ideal client. This is going to be extremely important because the more niche you can make yourself, typically the more success you earn, it's going to spread like wildfire, excuse me, and it really just takes off from there. The next step, number three, is creating your piece. So what is it that you are, how are you going to demonstrate your skill to your ideal client? So obviously for writing, you're going to write an article or you're going to write a blog piece or you're going to write a product description, depending on whatever you're trying to showcase. If you're a social media manager, and I keep bringing that example up because it is a trending freelance job for 2022. And I think that there are thousands, like literally thousands of dietitians in private practice that could really use the extra help with social media. So, you know, that the piece for someone in that area might be you create a content calendar for that dietitian in private practice who's devoted to celiac disease. And that it will include their social media posting schedule. It might include the colors that they're going to use. It will very likely include the hashtag research um, so that you can 
make sure that you're including hashtags on the posts that are going to get searched by their ideal target audience. Different things like that might be appropriate for you and you need to, to showcase all of that and present it in a way that is appealing, that reflects your personality, and that reflects your best work. Obviously, that can be a lot of pressure, so take your time. Remember to have fun with this, right? Like this is your imaginary dream job, so really there's no wrong answers here. <laughs> no one's going to slap you on the wrist, only yourself. So keep your, your um, expectations realistic, but also have fun with it because I think these are the best types where you really get to flex your full creativity. You will know that you have absolutely knocked this out of the park when your client sees your portfolio and says, oh my gosh, I never even considered adding that to my, never even considered requesting that service before. And that's the best feeling. And that's how you know your creativity is being rewarded. Step number four is edit your piece, format it, get your friend to look it over, use some apps, uh, especially if there's writing involved to double check your grammar. So Grammarly is for free. And then also I really recommend the Hemingway editor. It's also for free and it goes a little bit deeper beyond just grammar. It looks at sentence structure and passive voice. So, so those are great tools to use. Canva is tricky. I have such a love for Canva, obviously for the visual design elements in there, but they like, they don't have spell check. And oh my goodness, I have been done dirty by that a few times and it's devastating when you finally post it and it's all pretty and then you see a typo in there and you're just like, oh my God, like why didn't I see that sooner? So so my word to wise is always edit it, have someone else look at it with fresh eyes. Upload that into Google Docs and this is where you are going to house your portfolio. Google Docs is great because it, it, you know, it, it operates like on a cloud function so you just have to send a link to someone you don't have to include them as an editor, so hopefully they're not going to be able to mess around in your portfolio. It's really just like a live museum, essentially, where they can view it. When you start to apply for jobs, you're going to attach your Google Doc link in directly into your proposal and your pitches. When you're creating that pitch, you really want to make sure that every useful piece of information about yourself is in that one email so that the client has everything they need to decide if you're going to be a good fit for their project needs. And that's it. Really, truly, five simple steps. Pick your service, narrow down your ideal client, edit, format, add citations if necessary if you're doing a more technical piece about health and science upload it into Google Docs, and then step number five is using that link and sending it out. Some absolute no-nos for your portfolio, I mean, first and foremost, is probably the typos, right? There should be absolutely no typos in your portfolio. And if that stresses you out, I am sorry, but one day you will thank me for being so anal about going over your portfolio and checking for typos, because it's like anything, even on your resume or your cover letters, like that can be the fastest way that's going to get your application off the table, and then the next person's is going to replace yours. The next major no-no, obviously, is no plagiarism. And that is so obvious. I know it is. I don't expect any of you guys to plagiarize. But what can happen, and this has happened to a peer of mine, is they didn't know how to set up an article, so they Googled it and they found a template. And ultimately, she didn't end up modifying the template enough. And it burned her in the end. And I, I don't want to share too many details because it's not my story. But the, mo the, end, the moral of the story is it's great to Google things and get inspired because 
like we can't know everything. We need to learn some things, right? But make sure that whatever you're adding to your portfolio, you have modified and tweaked enough to your own personal style so that it is unique. Those are really the only two major no-nos. So hopefully you aren't like too scared <laughs> when I introduce that. Uh, one myth I wanted to address is that you need to have a website right out the gate. You certainly do not need to have a website for your freelance business. Um, especially under the first 12 months because you're just getting started, you're learning, you're networking. That's why I love the Google Doc method, which is very common practice, by the way. It's not something I invented. I'm not taking credit for it. You can also have multiple different Google Docs, which is so helpful. And based on the type of projects that you're applying for, obviously you're gonna submit the most appropriate portfolio, right? So when I was working on meal plans, I had a portfolio for that when I was doing writing, I had something for that. And it helped me to keep track of all the projects I had done and be very targeted in my approach when I started to pitch myself to clients for some dream opportunities. That marks the end of the episode for this week. It's really short and sweet. And I did that intentionally because I think it's so easy to overthink your portfolio. Don't overthink it. Follow the steps in this episode and you will be golden. If you have any questions, you're more than welcome to reach out to me on Instagram. My handle is at freelance.dietitian, and I will absolutely hook you up and get you sorted out. Okay, take care for now. Have a great week. Bye.